0: To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard The Mothership, the geek culture podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks for joining us and happy Friday, everybody.
1: Happy Friday, Brett.
0: Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's been getting me through this week is Tiger King, which is on Netflix. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. It is this absolutely insane show about basically this guy who owns like a zoo (laughs) that caters, I think, mostly to tigers. And I'm blanking on his name, Joe Exotic. How could I forget that name? yeah. Yeah. And just kind of talking about his life and all the drama that goes around people that basically keep exotic animals it's nuts have to watch it
1: it is nuts
0: 100 percent.
1: yeah and i'm brian truitt i watch movies and i've i've watched some tiger king this week play a lot of animal crossing as we know a lot of madden when xbox is working the aea servers and everything have been like all wacky um yeah, and I'm reading a new Stephen King book, which I can't talk about yet, but that's that's been cool.
0: We'll save that for another episode.
1: Indeed. Um,
0: if this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could write a quick review about the show. It helps other fans who like nerdy pop culture find our show. And as a bonus, we give you a special shout-out on the next episode. So try it out. We get great feedback, and you get a shout-out. Everybody wins. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, we're at MothershipPod, or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com.
2: Here's a clip. Police came across another grisly murder scene last night. Wait, I want to hear that. The wall's covered in satanic symbols. Another gruesome, ritualistic murder claimed the lives of six people last night. (laughs) This is supposed to scare other people, not us. A... So you ready for Soldiers of Satan? All right, let's go. <laughs> Cheers to a night that we're going to remember for years to come. Here, here.
1: Girls, be careful now. There's a lot of evil out there.
2: You don't think we can fend for ourselves?
1: Boys, do you want to have a threesome with us? How many more children must die in Satan's name? Jesus,
2: Jesus, Mary, and John. Why are the police here?
0: That was from We Summon the Darkness, a new horror comedy streaming now on all your digital platforms, starring this week's special guest, Alexandra Daddario. You may have seen her in San Andreas and Baywatch, as well as HBO's True Detective, and in her new 1980 set outing, she stars as the wild child daughter of a famous televangelist, played by Johnny Knoxville, of all people. And she and her girlfriends go to a rock show, meet some boys there. They go back to her dad's palatial pad, and without saying too much,
1: things get super crazy and very bloody. Uh, Alex,
0: thanks for joining us.
2: <laughs> Hi. How are you?
1: Good. Well, um. T- so first of all, tell us a little bit about your "We Summon the Darkness" character. It's a wild part for you. What, what, what did you really like about? finding your character and kind of like going crazy with it
2: yeah i i um i really liked the way the script was written and i liked the opportunity to sort of let loose and just not be perfect and just play someone wild and a little insane and and um just to sort of there's an aspect of sort of the misguidedness of youth and just sort of like plowing through things without really understanding why you're doing it or convincing yourself that it's justified that I was drawn to because that's sort of what it's what it is to be a teenager. Um, not that my character is a teenager, but it's that kind of sense of wildness. And that was really fun.
1: Right.
0: So you've done a lot of different movies in your career between romantic comedy, disaster flicks, action films. What is it about horror that appeals to you?
2: I like horror. I think it's a really interesting genre that there's so many different layers to the genre and different ways to approach it. But we've had so many. It's a really cool opportunity to – horror films tend to be a metaphor for things that are a lot deeper, Um, like even Texas Chainsaw was sort of a metaphor for how people were feeling during the Vietnam war and, and the sort of madness of that. And, you know, it follows is a metaphor for, you know, being a young woman and all that. And I think that it's a cool opportunity to let loose uh, and, um, just have a lot of fun, A, and B, tell something that has slightly deeper meaning in in a really wild and absurd world. And I really enjoy that sort of the absurdity of, of some of these worlds that are created.
1: Well, and your movie is very much about the cult of personality, which you know we we have very much in our world. And like in your movie, it's your character's friends kind of hang on, you know, your every word, and then your on-screen dad has a whole flock of followers himself. So it's 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 very much kind of tackling that cult of personality theme.
2: Sure, and just you know that you see through a lot of these, you know, even like Tiger King, a lot of the people who try to step up to lead something really come from a place of uh, something really terrible happened to them or they were drawn into sort of a false world and um, and it's all the you're right the cult of personality false bravado it's sort of wildness and not really understanding what it is you're doing you just have justified the reasons for doing it and 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 discover that you have an ability to manipulate or an ability to control and, and you know how to do that, but you don't even really know why. And um, it's very interesting.
0: So Johnny Knoxville plays a key role in this movie. And, you know, a lot of people know him from stuff like Dukes of Hazard, And I still remember him back in the day when he was doing Jackass. Um, what's he like working with on set?
2: Oh, I'm um, very professional and very, very concerned with safety. Um, I think because of his years on Jackass, I mean, I didn't talk to him about this, this is my guess, is that for someone who has seen literally everything go wrong, he knows exactly what can go wrong in any particular situation, which I always appreciate on a set because I think sometimes um, you don't understand how wrong a simple stunt can go or whatever the case may be. So he was very, very cautious about safety and very aware of of the dangers of certain things. And that was was really um, interesting to watch um and very comforting to have him on set when we're doing stunts
0: that's so interesting because just from his characters he seems like he'd be kind of a fun prankster type guy does he do any of that stuff is he just very buttoned up um like on set
2: well i didn't work with him long enough to really know if he does he didn't do that while he was there um but again you know i i didn't get to have weeks with him to really know exactly but what i did find was he definitely took safety very very seriously.
1: What was some of your favorite stunts in this? Because there's a lot of like household objects being thrown around. There's a chainsaw that enters the picture at one point, you know, small flamethrowers. What, what was your favorite?
2: It was all fun. I love when the when the chainsaw comes out, that's, <laughs> you know, there's a scene where, and I don't want to get too much away, but there's a scene where some of the characters are, um, are trying to basically hotbox other characters with um, like rope spray and that's mm-hmm. a weapon I've never used in a, in a, in a film before. So I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, scene, but you know, I love doing stunts and I, I, again, we created this absurd world where you could find both the ground myth and the absurdity of all of this stunts and chainsaws and roach spray and knives and this and that. And, and we've got to do a little bit of everything.
0: So you've had Johnny Knoxville as an on-screen dad. and You've also had The Rock as an on-screen dad from San Andreas. Um, who is the cooler parent?
2: <laughs> Can you even compare those two?
0: <laughs> it's kind of tough, yeah. but.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're both so cool that I can't imagine anyone picking one or the other. I mean, um, yeah, I've been really lucky to have some really, really cool dads on screen. Um, so I'd say it's a tie.
0: So you've worked with The Rock, I know, also on Baywatch. What's he like on set?
2: Again, very professional, really, really funny, kind, just like he's everything that he portrays himself to be in public. He's just a really, really hardworking, really good, good guy. Um, And uh, he strikes me as being very loyal. And yeah, I feel very lucky that I had the opportunity to work with him.
1: Uh, you just mentioned the Tiger King, and I saw on your on your Twitter that that you said you wanted to be one of Doc Antle's wives. Um, what is has what really hooked you about that show? I mean, everybody's kind of hooked on that show, but what specifically about it really you know appeals to you?
2: Look, I mean, I'm a huge animal rights person, so obviously I'm not condoning, and it is hard for some people to watch because of the animal abuse. But these are characters; these people are so over the top, and you can just see that these are people who were not, they had, I think, a really rough start to life, and something drew them to trying to find power, and their desire to find power was through these tigers, um, and, you know, they couldn't adopt dogs, they had to adopt tigers, and then, you know, you have Carol Baskin, who's on one end of the spectrum, and granted, I, I've only seen the documentary, so I, I know everyone has, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, the people from the show, but, they all strike me as being opposite sides of the same coin. Like they're all sort of doing the same thing. Um, And I'm not the first person to point this out. The tigers really are a moot point to them. And it's really about people and the absurd things that people do and how sadness and power and can really corrupt and, Everything that these people did had nothing to do with the Tigers and I just find that total it was just an excuse and I find that totally fascinating because I'm constantly fascinated by why people are the way they are and why they do what they do and this is just an elevated version of how absurd people can be.
0: So do you have a favorite character from the series or one that you're most fascinated by?
2: Oh God! I mean, uh, Carol Baskin is obviously—they're incre- all incredibly fascinating. Um, Carol Baskin is—you know—if I really could play a role, I'd like to play her, but I'm not even going to try to play that role. I just think everyone's <laughs> going to want to. But I think that that's—you know—she is. She, her relationship with her current husband, I find really fascinating. I would watch a whole documentary just on her. <sighs>
1: other than kind of you know watching some netflix i mean this is kind of a crazy time for everybody what are you doing to kind of stay safe and to stay sane during you know this this era we're in
2: well i'm really lucky i have two girlfriends that i'm quarantining with and my dog so i'm very lucky um and i know not everyone is is but there are some people who are doing this alone and that can make it even harder. Um, you know, I, it's hard because you want to do something, but the best thing you can do is to do nothing. So um, to the extent that I can help with the platforms I have to try to uh, help certain charities and find the right charities to donate to the right people, medical workers, that kind of thing. I think that the priority right now is um, doing what you can to help and then just being, I think we all need to find to the extent that we can a little bit of silliness every day. So my roommates and I try to do a silly video every day and, and break things up. But I think we're trying not to put too much pressure on ourselves to do anything in particular. I think it's just, yeah, we're just doing the best we can. I mean, um, it is just about trying to find a little bit of silliness and also um, doing whatever we can to help, which a lot of the time just means, yeah, staying home and doing nothing.
1: There are some movies that are being released on streaming because, you know, even though the theaters are closed, there are still movies for people to watch. And I think streaming is like a lot more important for people because maybe they might not have seen your movie till, till much later on. But now it's like right at their fingertips and, that, you know, they'll be like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. John Knoxville's in it. Alex Adario's in it. Let's go see it. Um, you know, and, and I think Hollywood's was trying to figure this all out now, kind of like, what is what is this all going to look like? What do you think, you know, just from, you know, you being in Hollywood, you being in movies that have been on VOD, you know, and been been huge in theaters. What is your thoughts about where we're headed in terms of streaming versus theatrical?
2: I'm not sure. I I do think that we were headed towards a um, streaming world anyway. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's a chance this could accelerate it. Um, I think the world is going to look really different for a long time, as we've seen from Wuhan trying to restart and and what's going on in Italy and what we're going through right now. I think that um, it will accelerate the way we view things. But that was already happening. I mean, the, the shift to streaming and the shift even from, like, um, I mean, there's been all this talk about movie actors doing TV because um, there used to be this huge distinction for some reason, but that doesn't really that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, you're, and the types of the way TV is isn't even it doesn't have to be 22 episode order. It can be 10 episodes one season and then another season with completely different actors and um, anthology series. You know, so it's of uh, it's a good opportunity in a way when when you can get things back into production to create content that otherwise I don't think would have been made so I think that's where we're going to continue to grow and it's just going to be accelerated and more digital content more tiktok more youtube all that stuff
1: in terms of doing videos are you trying different things and what is your favorite platform to kind of play it with
2: yeah I mean I'm trying you know I was very I find the social media stuff difficult actually I find it to be it's not my natural inclination to put myself out there actually as strange as that sounds I mean I like Instagram I feel more comfortable with that but um like TikTok and YouTube and this stuff I I it's an opportunity to try to create my own content and you know my roommates and I we were doing shot lists just so we could sort of practice doing that and see what we could create and so I think that that's good to have that creative outlet and sort of see where that goes. But I don't have anything specific planned. I'm not an expert at TikTok or use or any of this stuff. Um, I always just try to, you know, be myself and be as genuine as possible. And, you know, I think that it is an important medium right now though, for a lot of people. Yeah.
1: We appreciate you taking the time. Um, one last question before we let you go. When all this is said and done, when all this is over, what is the one thing you can't wait to do once you get out of the house and are, after quarantine?
2: Oh, God, I can't even think about that. I just, I just really want, I mean, I wish I had, like, a positive, like, the way that I've been thinking about it, is it's like I just want everyone to be safe and I want everyone around the world to be safe and I'll never get my nails done again or complain about traffic again um, (laughs) when this goes away you know what I mean so I'm not thinking so much about like running out to you know go to maybe yoga class I'd love to go to a yoga class there
1: you go gotcha cool thank you so much again for taking time and uh, good luck with the movie and everything else going on stay safe
2: thank you you guys too
0: okay listeners it's your turn are you streaming we summon the darkness are you as obsessed with tiger king as alex is and as we are uh, let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at BrettMelita23.
1: I'm at Brian Truitt.
0: And don't forget, you can email us, too. We're at MothershipPod at USA dot com. Uh, that'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilots slash producers of The Mothership, Shannon Green and Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please, please leave us a rating or review. We love the feedback. It is greatly appreciated. If Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, nerds out.
1: Stay inside.